Hello, everyone. So I was rewatching some Gilmore Girls episodes, and truly, I want to make a whole series about this, honestly, because I have so many thoughts and opinions on this show. However, today we're just starting with season two, episode 21. I know I'm starting into the series. However, this was what really solidified my choice in wanting to do this series. Now, I wanted to put out my take on the real downfall of Rory Gilmore. Now, I know that a lot of people like to say that her downfall began at Yale. Her choice to go to Yale was already representative of her downfall, or foreshadowing of a downfall, some suggest. And on the other hand, most suggest that her downfall begins with that guy that she was with, I forget his name, the blonde, when she's basically told that she's a talentless nobody and that she's going to be a talentless nobody for the rest of her journalistic career because she has no journalistic career because one man told her that she didn't have quote-unquote it. Um, or when she stole the boat right afterwards because apparently that's something normal that she could do. Because blowing off steam in rich white people world means stealing a boat and committing several felonies. Others suggest that it started when Jess came to town because that was her first true incident of becoming beguiled by another man. Others then also suggest that her first true instance of becoming beguiled by a man was with that other blonde guy in high school. And honestly, I feel like she did get a little thrill out of having two guys fight over her Um and then having two guys fight over her again and again and again and again. Um, really bizarre and a true demonstration of her character, but we'll get into that. And then others might suggest, I'm going into the whole, like, in my brain, I'm like, I'm thinking of whatever, of every fucking person who loves this show has suggested, some suggest that it started with her reaction to Dean's over-domineering and controlling behaviors, her being told by her mother that she should lie about basically everything, uh, almost every time. But I would like to argue that we only really get to see how fucked up Rory Gilmore is once the episode comes where she misses her mother's graduation. Now, although it's portrayed as unintentional, blah, 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 we are going to get into the nitty gritty because that is not even what I'm like. That's not even scratching the surface of what I have to say. And it made me so mad watching it yesterday. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? I see what's happening here. So this is the beginning of Rory Gilmore's true character downfall. Now, although they don't demonize her relationships with men in the same way that they might have done to other women in the series like Lane, Everyone acted as if she were a sort of bimbo with no comprehension of what she was doing. Um, and I'm referring to the car accident that happens in the episode previous. Everyone robs her of her agency, um, her autonomy, because she's a woman who gets put in a position where she finds two men attractive. And although she doesn't want to admit it, she becomes increasingly intrigued and increasingly beguiled by the other man. And that is what honestly led her to this situation, whether or not she wants to admit it, right? Everyone else sees it this way, but they also then add on their sexist beliefs or their internalized sexism. We'll see that forward. Now, 
While if she were a man, she'd be exploring, she'd still be young, she'd have time to make choices and make mistakes. However, as a woman, she is a poor little innocent girl that has made a mistake and has no part in anything that had happened. It's not her fault that she decided that she wouldn't, she, didn't she want to go the other way, actually? Roll that clip back where she's like, he, it's Jess that says, I would like to, you know, we can go back home, but we could also go and turn. And then he was like, she was like, yeah, I would love to go and turn. Like, it was just as much her fault as it was his because they shouldn't have been driving the first place because she was supposed to keep an eye on him. She was supposed to keep him studying. But then she gave in because let's be so for real. Everyone just perceives her now as this mindless doll who had nothing to express truly, had no thoughts going through that part of her mind that actually helps her handle her social aspects. But... It's like this entire fallacy forms, right? Not only is it sexist, but it's bizarre because everyone in this town can recognize that Rory is a smart girl, but simultaneously patronize her in a sexist manner in the same sentence. What is happening? So we don't see this as much with Taylor Dozy's remarks. You might be surprised by my saying that, but here's just like, hear me out. Um, because he's just simply commenting on the fact that he trusts and knows that she would have done nothing on purpose to negatively impact his store. And he had a hatred for Jess long before they had ever had this entanglement, I will call it, right? Because t Taylor's crazy, but anyways. But in this case, we actually see it primarily coming from the women in the show. Babette goes on and on about how she was too a victim of falling in deep for a man and losing all common sense to the point where she joined a fucking cult. And then, like, then there's Emily, who actively suggests or rather demands Lorelai controls her daughter, that she should lock her up and throw away the key as it is her responsibility to keep her on the right track. <sighs> When a young woman is in love with someone that the family finds a negative influence, the best course of action seems to be to rob her of her agency and demean her to a point of heavily implying that she had no autonomy to begin with. That she would be stupid enough to throw away her entire life for a boy. As if society doesn't encourage women to throw away their entire agency for a man and children awkward. I remember when this happened with my first boyfriend and last boyfriend. I'm not sure if my parents scared me out of dating and liking men or if I never liked men truly to begin with, but that's a whole other video. Um, the point is that they basically abused me physically and verbally, locking me up for the summer as a punishment for the ultimate crime, liking a boy, who I didn't even really like if I'm being so honest, but again, not the point. I had quite literally done nothing wrong, nothing wrong, shameful, nor unnatural for someone of that age to have done or wanted to do. However, because I was a girl, I was not to be trusted with my mind nor my virtue. So when I see the way that they talk about her, like she's a product that's going to be damaged, that everyone has to keep an eye on or they'll quote unquote lose her, it irks me and it should irk you too. She takes all of this on and then makes a choice within enough, another episode, the episode that comes right afterwards, where she chooses to cut school. 
all to see Jess a little bit after the accident on the same day as her mother's business school graduation. Well, she spends almost the entire day with him and leaves with only a little time to spare that would allow for her to get to her mother's graduation on time. Why she didn't account for traffic and the fact that she was in an unfamiliar city? I don't know. You asked the prodigal daughter that question. But she leaves with something for her mother, a gift, so we the audience can see that she at least had good intentions in some areas. But she ends up on public transit rather than the express and completely misses her mother's graduation. So I could give less of a fuck about the gift if I'm being so for real. Even though it was nice. Um, so... No! I'm sorry, guys. My alarms keep going off and off and off. Also, did I just yell no at my fucking alarm clock? So with five minutes and 13 seconds left of the episode... The following scene commences. proceeds to tell her mother the truth. She blames her behavior on a stroke. She expresses extreme guilt and tells her mother that she should take an authoritarian approach to her punishment. She says she doesn't know what happened when she suddenly chose to cut school to see Jess. She goes to extremes, claiming that she's a horrible person and that this is, quote-unquote, not who she is. Laundry, dishes, in fact, we're going to start eating at home so that we have dishes. Rory, what? stop. Why did you go to New York? To see Jess. Boy, do you know how to bury the lead? Then she separates herself from the person she showed herself to be today, rather than who she is to her core. She goes as far as to exclaim that Lorelai should deprive her of air. What happened? You went to New York to see Jess. It was the stroke. It made me someone else. And after his phone call last night, that was him? It did something to me. I don't know what. In fact, you should take the phone away from me, too. That's right. Add it to the list. No books, no music, no phone. Okay, Rory. I'm a horrible person. You're not a horrible person. I'm sick. I'm ill. I'm cracked. This is not who I am. If I were to write this down in my diary and I would read it, I would be like, who is this freak? This isn't me. This isn't my diary. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't skip school when I have finals coming up to go see a guy that isn't even my guy and end up missing my mother's graduation, which I wanted to be at so badly. Um, That's someone else. That's someone flighty and stupid and dumb and girly and... I mean, I missed your graduation, which is the worst thing I could have possibly done. I mean, I hurt you, and I had to spend hours on a stinky bus next to a guy that was spitting into a can, just thinking about all the minutes that were going by that I wasn't at your graduation, and they were hurting you, and they should have been hurting you, because it was so selfish of this person who wasn't me to do what she did. Okay, my God, take a breath. I don't deserve a breath. No breath. 
You should add that to the list. You should beat me, ground me, take the phone away, and deprive me of air. Okay, look, nobody wants to say this any less than me, but I, maybe you don't have a medical condition or a mental problem. Maybe, honey, you are falling for Jess. No. Well... No, I love Dean. Dean is my boyfriend. He will always be my boyfriend. That's it. Forever. Well, maybe not forever. Yes, forever. I love Dean, and Jess is gone now, and everything's gonna be good again. Everything's gonna be all right. Rory, you cut school. Yeah, I know. You got on a bus and went to a strange city in your uniform to see Jess. I know. Well, that doesn't mean nothing. That means something. I mean, no, I don't want to talk about this anymore. The only thing I want to talk about is the list I made on the bus of all the ways I'm going to make this up to you. You get total control over the remote and the stereo for as long as you want. Total control over takeout, food choices, and a special surprise present every day for a month. And, oh my God, I left your present on the bus. What present? It was a vinyl copy of the Go-Go's original album, and it was signed by Belinda, but it's not the only copy, and I'm going to find another copy. That's going on the list, too. Okay, honey, please, forget about the list until tomorrow. Okay, I'll just go to bed then, and I'll go to my room. Hold on one second. Does this mean I have to eat alone? Well, it's up to you. Sending me to bed without supper, you can't lose with that punishment. It's a classic. I'd rather go out with my daughter tonight. I don't deserve it. No, but I do. Okay, just... Let me take a shower and get the horrible smell of this horrible day off of me, and then we'll go anywhere you want, my treat, and, and I won't enjoy it. And then we'll come home, and I'll go straight to bed, and I'll have a terrible night's sleep, okay? Sounds great. I'm so, so sorry, Mom. Oh, really? Because you didn't make that clear. I won't be home. She made a list of the many ways that she wants to make this up to her mother and spirals. So what bothered me about this scene other than the fact that Rory was incredibly insufferable? Well, as she tells her mother the truth, she continually claims that she feels as if she's victim to some outside force or health condition. She basically plays into what people have been saying is wrong with her from the beginning. That she's so whipped by this guy that she would make such an idiotic and rash decision that would cause her to shrink on her responsibilities and throw everything away for the perspective and life of the man she desires slash is interested in. When she's not in trouble, she has no problem taking total responsibility for minor things, but when she does something considerably horrible, she makes herself a victim of her heart. And in an attempt to bury the blow of why she wasn't at her mother's graduation, she covers it up with a myriad of extreme punishments that she wants her mother to instill, and the list goes on and on. Maybe if Rory were a child, maybe if she were below the age of 12, this would have been taken differently. Maybe if she had grown up with an authoritative parenting experience, I would have taken this differently. But with Rory's intelligence, cushy upbringing, discipline, and age, her behavior... Oh, and, uh, and again, she's in like her second or third year of high school at this point. She's 15, 16. She can drive. So here's my problem. She spirals like a child into madness with a high obnoxious voice. I can't believe I did this, mom. That's not me. That's not me. Deflecting all responsibility and bringing her mother into a sense of guilt while simultaneously insisting that she is a victim of something she had no control over. That person, that wasn't me, that was doing something horrible to you. She admits that she cut school while exclaiming that she's a horrible person for going to see chess. 
Did I just call him Chess? And then she tells her mother that she thinks she's had a stroke before she admits that she had left school. Why is my dog crying? And after doing all of this, she has the audacity to separate her actions from herself and creates another person, the girly girl, as she puts it, the stupid young girl that would throw herself in a position to sacrifice her dignity for a man she barely knew. A fallacy, again, is created. How exactly can you claim and think that this person is someone that you are not, while also simultaneously believing that you deserve to be punished in the present, that this individual standing before the mother is deserving of punishment if the person who committed these acts was not you. And how can you also deserve punishment in this moment if you are victim to the choices of another individual that is not you, and she's expressed that through her choice of words and tone of voice a million times, who is to be punished then? It's you. And although we can have lapses in better judgment, although we can be the individual that has done something terrible and recognize that it does not align with our character, that is still something that you did. And you have to recognize that it's wrong without guilting another individual whilst doing so. Snap out of it. I understand that she's a child. But we are speaking on this issue because it's literally how she ends up acting throughout the entire fucking series. So, how are you a victim? How are you a deviant and another human being all at once? All of this is thrown at one person, a person that she knows loves her far too much to do all of the, the, the terrible and horrible things that she suggests and is more likely to see her as a victim of her youth and gender. Finally, she recognizes that her mother has this idea of Rory um, that is not multifaceted. It does not allow for Rory to be a person outside of the perfect good girl with an incredible mind. It does not allow Rory to make mistakes. Instead of approaching her mistakes in a manner that would have been socially acceptable, she manipulates her mother while apologizing by creating three people that are not herself in order to deflect responsibility and bombard her mother with these three versions of herself and their actions rather than recognize that two things can be true at once. You can be a moral person and make immoral decisions, and you can make mistakes without them reflecting your entire character. But is she a moral person? I mean, truly, if it weren't for the fact that everyone around her has expected her to be this morally superior individual her throughout her whole life. Is she a moral person? Is she generous, sensitive, intelligent? Is she? And when she made this choice, it wasn't just a huge and terrible mistake. It actually ends up reflecting the manner in which she handles conflict throughout the rest of the series. As she ages, her ability to take accountability dwindles further and is replaced by constant shifting of blame and condescension. And, well, it's disappointing uh, that we end up seeing her true character evolve from this point forward, we see that she develops from a person that she could have never amounted to. 
So while she lives externally as perfectly composed and actively trying to do better to make the right choices for her, deep down inside, the choices that she makes in private and in her mind come from a place of entitlement and suppressed curiosity. Then this bubbles into madness in her adulthood in the, uh, the A Day in a Life series as the only part of her life that makes her happy is adultery, an affair. Her career has completely fallen apart, from what I understand, in that series. It was very confusing. Um, and the only thing that can save her career, of which was created through entitlement and honestly white supremacy in many senses, um, in terms of the economical side of things. Because how many people of color did you really see in this show unless they were a stereotype or a twofer or something? But anyhow... The only way that she saves her career is literally through the entitlement that she has to the story of her life and all of those within it. Entitlement to the lives of all of those within her life and the documentation of that. But my point sounded a little cooler. Uh, her entitlement is what she capitalizes on throughout the series up until the literal end of the series to date. And it awards her consequences just about every time. Why? Because she never truly digests accountability, because that is just not who she was raised to be. But in the end, Rory would never lie. Right? Rory would never lie. And so if you like this video and you want to see more like this in the future, definitely hit the subscribe button or the follow button. Oh, I just realized that I'm kind of yelling at you guys right now because I didn't have the thing over top of it. But anyways, um, also follow me on Patreon because I want to start doing the whole Patreon thing because honestly, Patreon's so cool and I can just put all of my writing and articles and ask you guys questions. And honestly, just any and all support would mean so much to me because I would love to make this a career. I love commentary, psychology, philosophy, politics, and feminism. Bye!